Welcome back to the AP World History Podcast in our third session of the Industrial Revolution. Uh, now we're going to take a look at the economic consequences here, um, or the economic controls that the Europeans put on the uh, colonized peoples. So uh, we're going to start out with here um, the, the most basic one, and uh, that is looking at the labor systems that they put in place to be able to take as many of the resources out as they could. Um, there are a couple of different ways you could do this, uh, but the Europeans proclaimed that they were not uh, promoting slavery or using slaves at all. Instead, they used coerced labor systems, which were kind of like slavery, but not not exactly. Um, so they would the government would require labor um, for certain public projects, and um, Africans, uh, especially the the males, would have to donate ten to twelve of their days in a year to help one of these projects. So. Um, whether it was um, in building railroads or working for the government, uh, making government buildings, helping make transportation lines, uh, whatever it may be, uh, that was that was one method. Or it could be that uh, certain um, crops. Well, actually, we're going to get to that one later. Um, so I'll hold off on that one. But also, they would might do forced harvests and stuff like that, and that's where the Congo comes in. So the Belgians conquered the Congo, and it's a huge territory, much bigger than what actually Belgium is. Um, and this was all for Leopold II, who was the king uh, of Belgium. And um, he uh, wanted to get as much money as he could out of it. And so uh, what Congo had a lot of was natural rubber. And rubber was one of the huge natural resources that the Industrial Revolution needed. And um, so he, d he demanded the... Congolese uh, bring as much rubber as they can and they had to meet quotas and if they didn't meet quotas they got hands cut off and um, or killed or 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 I don't know if there's worse than being killed but you, you had things like that going on um, and uh, this wasn't just adults this was kids um, the the Belgians just kind of ran rampant over it to get as much out of it as they could and King Leopold made millions and millions of dollars but also killed millions and millions of people and so this is where you get, uh, if you know the story Heart of Darkness, this is where you get that from. Um, we're going to take a look at more of this at cla in class and, and what happened there. Um, but, it, but it leads to a lot of problems for the Congo people, or the Congolese, and uh, still you can see the effects of it on the Congo today, um, especially with the lack of development of it. Like in the last one we talked about, the Europeans don't industrialize, they don't help industrialize, they don't really help connect. They just connect the regions that they, they need to. And so um, the Congo is left underdeveloped, and uh, we'll see today uh, there's been a war being fought in west or eastern, northeastern Congo uh, for near 20, 20 years now, or over 20 years now. So uh, it's been going on a, a on a good good while because of this, um, and this um, exploitation by the Europeans. Um, and lack of industrialization will, although there's not a huge amount of industrialization, will lead to cities growing up, um, but they'll be in bad areas, so it's going to lead to more diseases being prevalent. And also, uh, because of the lack of industrialization, it's going to lead to, um, not necessarily that directly leads to the AIDS epidemic or anything like that, but it, it helps set up the AIDS epidemic to really dominate Africa once it gets going. Um and then kind of one last thing to hear to think about with this coercion, uh, we do see some farming um, 
certain crops being forced. Uh, the Netherlands does this uh, with 20% of the land being based in cash crops, so then it can be given to the government, so then they can sell it, and that pays for your taxes. Um, and because of this, though, you can guess there are going to be some bad things that happen when you have 20% uh, of your land going to a cash crop because you can't eat it, you can't do anything with it, and you're not going to get any real major benefit from it because it's your tax. You're not getting paid anything back for it, so um, you're just losing that money, and that's going to lead to some, some problems. Now, building on these cash crops is, uh, or building on that idea, this was a major thing the Europeans wanted because it was one of the major ways they could make out their money after conquering these areas and, and keeping up the governments there. Uh, this was one of their main money makers, and so you have them uh, growing things like coffee or spices if you're talking about in Southeast Asia. Um, you see a lot of that stuff happening. And um, infrastructure will be built to help bring this stuff in. Uh, but um, again, that's not going to help in the long in, in the long run. Uh, that would help, uh, but with how the Europeans use it and do it, it doesn't help really unite the whole region together. Really help boost the economy because the Europeans are then taking all the profits from it and not reinvesting it in that region. And um, at the same time, this is also going to lead to a lot of environmental damage in that you'll cut down forests to create to, to grow more cash crops. Or uh, if you're in the Congo, you're cutting down rubber vines and you see the rubber you see the rubber vines going extinct or not extinct, but but withering away and not being able to produce the rubber as before because they're all being cut and slashed through. Um, and so you see lots of damage being done. Um, and yeah, that's kind of cash crops in a nutshell. Some of those cash crops, I should say, uh, again, I said coffee, um, um, uh, the, shoot, whatever. Some other ones are rice, uh, cocoa and rubber. The rubber vines are another one. Uh, in the Congo, they grew naturally, but you'll see that change, uh, in some other regions where they'll start actually cultivating them, uh, to be able to produce the rubber for the industrialization. Um, then uh, the next area we want to look at is wages. And so in wages, um, you see them being paid something on, on large plantations or in mines or in construction projects and stuff like that, but it's not significant uh, in those regions. Um, and instead, what you'll see is people actually leave their, their, um, their country or their region that they're from. Uh, we'll see a lot of Chinese people come to the Americas during the gold rush and during the railroad boom to work on the railroads or to work in uh, mines and stuff like that. Um, you'll see a lot of Indians go to Latin America to work on the um, the haciendas, um, the large, the large, um, or or kind of what would be the continuation of the hacienda or encomienda systems. Um, now, also, some of this will be forced in that they'll be uh, need to be moved to uh, new regions within um, the, the colony. Uh, but for the most part, we see it kind of uh, as a choice to go to these areas. So in Asia, again, Chinese will come to the Americas. They'll also go to uh, other regions um, of the world to try to find work because of the overpopulation going on there. Um, What else? I think that's kind of all with those. And um, some of these people will then not be welcome. Like the Chinese eventually will be uh, banned from coming into 
the America or into the United States. Um, and so there are some limits on it once, once it gets too big. And then the last thing here to talk about is, well, what happened with women in these economies? Uh, we saw in the industrialization that women didn't have a huge say, and that's going to be very similar. Um, for the most part, we're going to see patriarchal systems take over here and that they're going to be relegated uh, they're going to be relegated more to the home. Uh, but let's just uh, kind of talk a little bit about what it looked like beforehand then. So uh, they usually helped on the family farm. Uh, they might have been traders if they're in Southeast Asia. Uh, they did a lot of the cooking um, for the family. And uh, this was while the men did the herding or building and, and clearing of land. But after this, um, the men took over farming and, and really focused on growing cash crops. Um, the hours that the men worked went up, and the women had to then just focus on the household. And um, they had to do it alone. And if the husband had to leave to uh, go and work for the taxes or move to the city, they were definitely left all alone um, to do that stuff. Uh, didn't get much help. Uh, we'll see uh, a because the men are sometimes leaving and, and having to go away, uh, a closer uh, tie of women to their maternal families uh, where they can go and rely on someone. And uh, we'll also see them try to implement some new crops um, and new technology to be able to grow grow more and support that family. Uh, but it's going to be a more on a small scale. And uh, you might also see them pick up some small-scale trading, uh, but nothing uh, terribly significant. And kind of the last thing that happens is those women that then are successful in this are going to um, – be viewed as as witches or as a a person not to be trusted and to be uh, kind of kept down and so um you're going to have this drastic inequality there that's going to lead to some women to rise up to say hey no we should be equal we're all human beings and stuff like that but you're going to see them kind of kept down as what we see throughout the rest of the world but more than what you see in necessarily uh europe